seeing her name on the return address made Otis moan. Morgan was the queen bee of Montana, the belle of the ball, but Otis could handle her only in small doses. Her personality matched her handwriting, too big and forceful for her petite body. She'd outlive him by thirty years, he was sure of it. As always, the letter began innocuously, but Otis was wise enough to expect a surprise. He found it, and the words made him jump to refill his glass. He could hear her high-pitched voice as he reread the end. I'm coming to see you, sweetie pie. What's it been? Five years since the funerals. Not acceptable. Seems like you and I are the only two of our blood who are managing to survive this sometimes awful should share secrets. I'll be there on Monday. According to the lovely lady at the post office, you should get this letter on Saturday. I didn't want to give you the time to stop me. Make sure you pick up some Folgers and half and half. You know I can't stand that Seattle single origin crap. See you very soon, Morgan. Otis reached for a centered on his being embarrassed in front of his friends and fellow Red Mountain. 
reputation on the mill. He was he was a respected leader, a pioneer, the wisdom bearer, the godfather, the man, the young winemakers and grape growers came to see. How easily Morgan could burst this persona, leaving him vulnerable and exposed to be picked apart and laughed at by the vultures of youth. His thoughts finally faded to black. later, the window faced the top of Red Mountain, which was about 1,400 feet at its highest point. The sun hadn't quite peaked over the mountain, but had brightened the night to a tarnished silver, illuminating the silhouettes of the vines running along the hills. Twenty yards out, a lone coyote, his spirit animal, stood there looking at him, white gold eyes glowing in before in the same place. The two stared at each other for a long time before Otis tipped his tweed cap and closed his eyes again.
escalating nature of real estate on Mount Red Mountain and the seller's market they were in. Margot paid top dollar, but she believed in her purchase. Red Mountain was only beginning to show its potential.
Jasper had proved to be an exceptional classical and jazz pianist and staff of Juilliard, the Berklee College of Music, and the New England Conservatory, among others, had been bugging them for years. Half of their decision to come to Red Mountain was for Jasper, one of the top piano teachers in the country lived close by in Ridgeland. As Jasper started inside, Marco noticed someone had caught a piece of, stuck a piece of paper to his back that read, I love boys. She caught up to him and ripped it off. He didn't notice and kept moving. Did he really like his new school? Without his father as mayor, she was worried people would treat his, treat his, strange side with a bit more teasing. She didn't want to baby him, though. He could take care of himself. At least, she'd keep telling herself that. Before following him back inside, Marco took a minute to look at the inn, or what was to be her inn. Her contractor was on vacation, and he had failed to line up work while he was gone. So the site on the other side of her property was a ghost town. Actually, the only signs of life were her five hens pecking and scratching diligently at a patch of dirt near the yet-to-be-working fountain in the front. The actual exterior of the inn, built of concrete block, was up, but they hadn't even started stuccoing yet. The only landscaping they'd done was the line of young black locust trees among along the driveway and parking area. She named the inn Epiphany, homage to her mother's side of the family, the roots of Marco's deep love for cooking. Oh, homage to her mother's side of the family, who came from Carcassonne in the southwest of France. No doubt the roots of Marco's deep love for cooking and European cuisine. Epiphany stood two stories high upstairs for guests, each with a private balcony. The architecture matched the Spanish style of her home. Downstairs, there was a giant dining room, a commercial kitchen, a wine cellar, two bathrooms, and a large entryway that would feature a grand piano for Jasper to dazzle guests with when they entered. dinner. Jasper was on the Steinway in the living room warming up. She'd always enjoyed his playing, even when he was stabbing out heart and soul when he was five. Now and then, she could listen to him for hours. Today, he was teasing Debussy. She pulled out the piece of paper she'd ripped off his back and looked at it again. Her blood boiled. Youth can be so damn cruel.
so much for listening to this first episode of the Reading to Sleep series. I hope you were able to relax and hopefully fall asleep. I hope you all join back next time for episode 2, where I will read chapters 3.